Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Harth and Keenan Schneider. Episode two, oops, I exercised. Is it weird that I'm nervous for this one? Not really. I think there's a part of me that's coming off from such a high yeah. from the first episode. And I've listened to that a couple <laughs> times now, like through editing and mm-hmm. making sure that everything sounds okay and still like tweaking levels and whatnot. So I feel like I've listened to that so much. I'm like, damn, we did a good job. And now I'm kind of like, I don't know how to podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's not even like this nervousness about like whether or not it's going to be a a good episode because of like any extraneous variables it's it's like the notion that i understand that i'm falling into this episode as being the one who is initially interviewed that's fair um i felt very comfortable asking questions (laughs) (laughs) so now i'm very nervous about answering stuff yeah Yeah. so you you get to be put into the hot seat today oh i know it's terrible well i can give you a little bit of a buffer if you'd like, because I just want to address really quickly how lovely it was to record this first episode and feel so good about it and then send it out to some friends and people who would be interested in listening. So this is, by the time you hear this, dear listener, like we'll have recorded this weeks ago and the pilot episode was even a couple weeks before that. And so we had some friends uh, take a listen and give us some feedback and the reception across the board was just overwhelmingly positive. Which we is had, really nice. Yeah, we got some great feedback, both constructive and just positive. But like the fact that I felt so good coming out of this. Yeah. And then that was reflected in the, the feedback that we got back was just such a, an absolute joy. It was yeah. like it was one of those things that like we had this clear idea of what we wanted and people got it. I think I think they needed some like assistance understanding what the point of the entire podcast experience with us is going to be <laughs> um which by the time this is released there should be an episode zero which will be a good way for you to kind of get your feet wet in terms of understanding what we're trying to achieve here yeah so if you're just starting right now on episode two for whatever reason <laughs> maybe go back and listen to that yeah it'll be a good intro for you um i was just really kind of blown away because We sent it out to friends kind of as a test group to say, is this even worth your time? (laughs) You know, um, to make sure that it wasn't just this thing that like we're very positive people and very passionate about the things about which we are positive. Um, And making sure that it wasn't us just kind of doing like this, you know, circle jerk thing. Yeah, just this (laughs) This circle jerk of positivity. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, man, I can't believe I just used the term circle jerk. Of positivity. Yeah. Maybe that should be the episode title. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. So are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. I've got a good one. I think this is timely. Okay. Katie. Yes, (laughs) Keenan. How much do you love SoulCycle? Oh, oh man. Um, A lot. I love SoulCycle a lot. So a little bit of backstory. Um, I got into soul cycle um by a friend of the show mm-hmm. amanda simmons hey amanda hi amanda also just a wonderful beacon of positivity um and she introduced me to soul cycle in may of 2017 so over a year ago 
And at first, it was really hard, and I hated it. Like the first <laughs> couple classes, I remember the first class I went and I like put on like my best face for her after we were done. And I was just like, "Yeah, that was great," um, but I was in so much pain and I like couldn't move, and my butt hurt so much from the seat. It was terrible. But after like three or four rides going pretty regularly, um, that pain subsided. My stamina, endurance, and strength started to build. And it's this thing that gives me such a sense of accomplishment just for showing up and getting through that 45 minutes or an hour, like whatever it is that I'm doing. And if you're not familiar with SoulCycle, a lot of people will say that it's a cult phenomenon. (laughs) um, And I don't disagree. I don't think that I'm one of those people who is so die hard that like I'm offended when other people don't want to give it a shot or if they don't like it. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. It's it's not your cup of tea. Um, that's not for everybody. No. And that that's the way that it should be. Like, I don't think that there's anything in the world that's for everybody aside from maybe breathing and eating and sleeping. I think those are for everybody. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I I feel like I've been able to bring like a few of my friends in who are similarly like-minded when it comes to like fitness um, and enjoying those things. And those people have enjoyed that experience. But I have to say the thing that I think I love the most about it is that like it's now something that I get to share with you. Yeah. So about two months ago, I got you to go to your first class. Yeah. And you had similar feelings of disdain. (laughs) That first class is brutal. Yeah. And and in fairness, like for my little snippet of backstory, I'm not nearly as fit or in shape or even like focused on fitness as you are. Like you're definitely somebody who's a little bit more like... I'm just going to do this thing like I, I like you can work through the pain. You have this very positive outlook of just like, yeah, I'm going to try running and you're just going to become a runner or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I or like going to the gym regularly. Like you are very you're very fitness minded. And I'm very much like I love sitting down playing video games and eating pizza like that's that's my happy place. Um, And so you've been able to impart this like sort of infectious desire to like better yourself through exercise onto me and it's not like they've had terrible experiences exercising but you know like exercise is not the most fun thing in the world yeah it can definitely be a feeling of exertion and like the rewards of of or seeing the results of exercise take longer yeah and it's painful and frustrating especially like if you're a perfectionist which I don't know, word on the street is you might be. Yeah. And like maybe. if you're not good at something right away, that it can be daunting and make you feel down about yourself. Yeah. So yeah, exercise is, is one of those things for sure for, for many people, including yours truly. Yeah. But so during that first class, I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. I think you also wanted to kill me. You so, so bad. So <laughs> bad. I was just thinking the whole time, like I just wanted to like look over you at you and have you see like the fire burning in my eyes right through you because I was so frustrated. Oh, I looked over at you. I definitely saw that. <laughs> and and I tried to like just, smile and be like, "All right, yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah clap. Do it. It's just like <laughs> no, like I'm over here on the verge of a heart attack, sweating more than I've ever sweat in my entire life. Yeah. And the music was just so 
fucking loud where I'm just like, I there's so much sensory overload mm-hmm. and I couldn't do all the things that people were doing. I was just sitting in the, the seat the whole time. My ass was hurting really badly too. And, but yeah, like after, almost like immediately upon stepping outside, mm-hmm. this wave of euphoria. Endorphins, man. And I was just like, well, yeah. And I've, I've experienced that before or after working out before. But this was on a different level. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like kind of like just washed right over. And all of the bad feelings that I had where I was just kind of like, this is terrible. I'm never going to do this again. Like I did. I gave him my one shot. Like that's right. all she asked of me. I knew that I was going to do it again. Yeah. And, and you've gone every weekend since. Yeah. For like what? 10 or 11 rides now. Yeah. And it's, that's a new habit, babe. Yeah. Uh, like now it would feel weird not to do it on the weekends. Right. But, like we're going to do it in Texas when we go on vacation in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that's <laughs> how committed we are at this point. And it's and it's so fun. Like it's it also amazed me like how much better I've gotten in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. The first week miserable. Second week a little less miserable. And now like as much as it's still like tough, it's hard. Yeah, it and I don't do it well. It's so good. I, no, I think you do it really well. I think that's you, that's part of it for me is that like I've had to reshape my understanding of what doing it well is. And part of doing it well is I I went there and when my brain said, please, no, stop. I said, shut up, brain. We're doing this. And I would push myself harder and I would go farther than I thought I could. And that doesn't mean that like my foot was on the beat with every song or that I was as coordinated in like the bike choreography as as some of them were trimmed and fit people in that space but that's something for me that is just like I think I love about it in general is that like yeah this is like a hard workout for people who are like in the top 10 percent of very incredibly fit people who are good at cardio yeah however in every class there is such a wide range of age and body type in that class gender and sexuality like all of that good stuff i would say the one thing that i that i want for it to have more of in terms of diversity is color yeah i think it's a pretty white experience from everything that i've seen here in chicago at least yeah um and i think that that could definitely be better um but i digress it still is i think a welcoming community for people regardless of where they're at in terms of their fitness yeah so yeah I and the and like to give like it's so interesting to sit here and hear that you feel like I'm so much more inclined towards fitness and I'm so much fitter than you are because two years ago I did not exercise on purpose (laughs) ever oops I exercised yeah seriously it would be like I'm running to catch the train and I'd be like shit my heart rate is like up there yeah so for me, it's like it's also one of those things where I think Soul Cycle coincided with a time in my life that that change started to take place. Um, where like I only got into fitness at all because <laughs> because our company re- uh, regularly sent teams to Ragnar races, mm-hmm. and if you're not familiar with Ragnar, it's essentially a 200 mile relay race. Um, and they take place all over the world, all pretty much all year long. And t- 
traditional teams will be 12 people and you do not stop running until you finish. So that means that like every runner runs three separate legs and you go one through 12, one through 12, one through 12 in terms of the runners that you have. And then that at that point, you've all finished this 200 mile relay race together. Um, and it can take like about 24 hours for most people. So it's just like if you can imagine, it's just like you're not really sleeping. You're living in a van. <laughs> and um, there are two different kinds of runs. There are trail runs and road runs. And the trail runs are like in loops. So everybody runs these three distinct loops. In the road runs, it's like you're running across the country. So for the Ragnar that I did, um, we ran from we ran the Kentucky Bourbon Trail which was beautiful and excellent. And the only reason why I got roped into that was because like I was (laughs) sitting in a lounge area at work and this group of people who were all dedicated to going on this run were all talking and they were talking about how they didn't have enough people and like a couple of people had to drop out due to conflicts and timing and how like they really needed to go because if they could get a fully sprout, our company staffed running group, then our company was willing to compensate like half of the registration fees. And I felt really guilty (laughs) that like this group of people was maybe not going to be able to go on this relay race that they wanted to go on and so I just kind of like popped into this meeting and I was like hey like I have never run a day in my life but like could I do this and they were like yeah it's like in three months like you could totally get ready to do this and like you can there are different like you know, uh, everybody has different sets of legs and like some of the legs are easier. And that's part of what makes Ragnar really awesome, too, is because like it diversifies like the runner ability so that different abled runners can actually participate. And so I was just kind of like, OK, great. I'm in. I'm going to do this running thing. I am. What did I just agree to? Oh, God. <laughs> um, and my roommate at the time was like, is was very fit um was a track runner all this good stuff and she started to help train me to do this um and i like incidentally lost a ton of weight and started running on purpose and going to the gym and like feeling this sense of accomplishment rather than this feeling of dread when it came to fitness And I wanted to kind of continue that like cardio ability and like up my game while also recognizing that running is hard on your joints. And when you start running for the first time when you're 27 um, that or 26, like that's fine, but it's not like built into like (laughs) my body structure. Right. And it, you know, could be hard on my knees or hard on my quads or whatever. So um, SoulCycle became this thing where I could continue to do this really challenging cardiovascular activity. Um, without the strain on my joints. Yeah. So that's like a really clinical description of what a spin class is. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I love the story, though, because it's like it's so like you to feel guilty enough and like insert yourself into a situation so like other people can enjoy something like it's just it's so much your personality (laughs) of just saying like, I'm going to do something maybe difficult or something I'm not like not super sure I want to do but to make sure that other people have a a good experience right and like I have done that a number of times where at the end of it I was like oh like I don't know why I agreed to this this was really challenging and not rewarding but the Ragnar experience ended up being something that was really rewarding for me yeah um I mean to be able to say like yeah, I ran across basically like the vast majority of the state of Kentucky 
And granted, like I only did three out of 36 legs, but I still contributed to this um, and that it really did have this profound impact on my life. It changed me for the better. Uh, I still feel the results of that now. Because again, like you can talk to anybody who I went to school with in high school and college, my family, and they are delighted (laughs) but surprised that I do anything physical. Yeah. My my family too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you talked to your family about Soul Cycle? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um when I went to, out to dinner with them recently, it was just kind of like gushing about how much I loved doing that. And yeah. my parents, you know, were both just I mean, I don't I'll say my mom. I don't know if my dad was really paying attention, but my, <laughs> my mom at the very least uh was just kind of like really shocked to hear that I was so into something that is so rigorous yeah and taxing definitely yeah yeah and and i will say that like part of what i think inspired or like fuels this need to do these things um is also recognizing my genetic potential when it comes to health so my mom's side of the family the women there with the exception of my mom are inclined unless they unless they keep to a pretty rigorous diet they are inclined to put on weight pretty easily Mm -hmm. um and i know that like my grandma had a big sweet tooth and she like she was the kind of person where it's just kind of like she loved pecan pie Mm -hmm. um during thanksgiving and pecan pecan that's how she she called it pecan (laughs) pie pecan pie she was from texas um and we would say well grandma like you know the story goes that there's like 500 calories per bite of that kind of pie and she would split her slice in half and shove each half into her mouth in a whole bite and she'd be there she'd be like there like (laughs) 1000 calories that's it (laughs) (laughs) you know and so she and like and she loved her sweets and she owned that and she like she didn't want to give them up and that was fine but she definitely like you know um in her in her like middle-aged and older years put on some weight um my dad has had multiple heart attacks like had a quadruple bypass when i was in the seventh grade Mm -hmm. um or the eighth grade rather and you know that kind of stuff and he has a hard time even kind of walking around the block at times just because of like the buildup in his arteries and he was like a smoker for a long time and he embraced that life too that he was a sweets person he was a smoker he firmly believes that you only live once and you should really truly enjoy it and those were things that he enjoyed and mm-hmm. so he's i think at peace with like the side effects of that life but i also had the privilege of growing up working for this couple who had who have bernie's mountain dogs i showed their dogs for them and still do and they are the same age as my parents they're in their 60s and they hike in the mountains and go on multi-mile walks almost on a daily basis and do all of this stuff while still not like you know limiting their lives in terms of being able to enjoy food and experiences and while I'm not genetically related to them, I did recognize that I had kind of this choice that I could live my life without exercise, eating whatever I wanted all the time, and possibly very likely end up like either my the women on my mom's side of my family or like my dad. Or I could choose to 
live life in some kind of balance when it came to my food and also like really make fitness a priority so that like I don't really care if I'm in size 12 jeans or size 6 jeans or whatever as long as I can hike up that mountain yeah you know and and take in that view and like really enjoy it and so soul cycle is this thing where it's like really convenient it's a couple stops away on the train from where we live and I burn like <laughs> between like 400 and 700 calories in 45 minutes which is pretty incredible yeah and that feels good and it feels like it's putting me in the direction that I want to be so that when I'm in my 60s like my parents are now that I have the capacity to do things with my body and retain autonomy yeah sorry I don't mean to get like super like serious and uh talk about mortality but but I think that it it speaks to a level of appreciation that you have for it because Mm -hmm. it's not it's not just something that it's like there are people who I think become fitness junkies and they're like about the sort of like, look at how ripped I am or how like toned and and uh, and I go to the gym all the time. And that's just kind of like their personality. And you're not so much about that. Like you don't love it for loving its sake. It's more mm-hmm. like this is going to enable you to yeah. do more of what you want to do in the future. Absolutely. And so there's that appreciation. Totally. And like I I am constantly not constantly, but I'm regularly thinking about how baller I want my retirement to be. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't want the life that I live right now to be depleted of any joy <laughs> by any means. Like, I don't want this to be like, I'm working until I don't have to work anymore and then I'll relax. Like, that's not the mentality I have. But there's so much I want to be able to do when I have the time to do it, when I'm not tied to a job where it's taking time off and inconveniencing other people if I go out for long stretches of time. So, yeah, and I don't and I really sincerely want my retirement to be the ability to explore the world on my own two feet. Yeah. So hopefully that will be the case. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that I love about SoulCycle so much is I I had been to like one spin class before SoulCycle and the music was a means of kind of motivating you, but it certainly was not choreographed at all. You were in like this bright room surrounded by mirrors with like an, an instructor in the front of the class and you were just like basically doing whatever the instructor said like in terms of turning up the support or the tension on the bike and pedaling as fast as you could. And it was all kind of like, you know, to each their own in terms of what they're capable of. There are a couple things that SoulCycle does differently from that that I really love, where, first of all, the thing that I think is really great for me, especially because I also have perfectionist tendencies and I tend to judge myself based off of people who are accomplishing what I think you're supposed to be able to accomplish. (laughs) So looking at those bikers who are like, you know, biking harder and with more tension on the bike and, you know, whatever. And SoulCycle puts you in a pretty dark room Mm -hmm. where you the podium where the instructor is is still pretty lit up so you can see them for reference. And it's not so dark that, like, you're in a blackout space. Right. But it takes away this, like, awareness that other people, that other people might be looking at you. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure they aren't anyway, even in a well-lit area. But it takes away kind of, like, my ego, I guess, where yeah. it's like I'm super worried about how I'm doing compared to the rest of the group. 
it's just dark enough to where there's this sort of like veil. It's like yeah. a like this anonymity veil. Yeah. Uh, where you can still see everybody in the room, mm-hmm. but you can't see enough of them to where it's like, oh well. You know, I saw this person walk in and they're jacked. And so now I need to like feel super self-conscious because I can't do what they're doing. Right. Like you just don't. Absolutely. And it's definitely a room where it's just like the coaches and the instruction leaders are definitely inspiring you to be positive and support one another. And I love that, too, where it's definitely like it's this group thing. And part of what makes it a group thing is that the music inspires how you pedal. So you're always pedaling on the beat. Um, and whether it's a climb song and you're hitting on like one and three, or if it's like a quick song and you're hitting on one, two, three, and four, um, you know, the instructor will lead you and tell you what the, what the intention of this particular song is. It just provides this energy where it's like, you're all working toward a common goal. And that also makes it feel less about individuals coming to get their workout on and competing to be the best. And it makes it more communal and supportive, Yeah, which I really enjoy. That's the one thing that I wasn't sure I was going to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never – it's really difficult for me to get behind this sort of like cheerleader mentality or like being a part of a group and just being like, wow, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm here. Blah, like that's, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. But there's something about being in that room and people like shouting and yelling at times, like just or really like wooing more than anything because that's about – that's about all you can do when you're riding that quickly. It's yeah. just kind of like every once in a while go, whoa, like that's <laughs> that's all your body is allowed to do. But there's a a real sense of just positivity and energy and inclusion and, and just joy that permeates the entire studio. Definitely. And that coupled with the music, I think that's the thing that that keeps me so invested in it because like it's it's fun to do the workout. Mm hmm. But when I can groove and I can lose myself to some music and it's just like move into the beat and trying to just be like just trying to lose myself there rather than focusing on like the the pain or the, <laughs> like, just the pain, exhaustion. but like the yeah, yeah, the exertion that you yet to put forth. It's so fun. It is just so, so fun. And yeah. I feel myself more and more like kind of like realizing that that, you know, cult mentality uh, that it gets like is well-deserved, but also not a bad thing. It, and that's that's something that in the past I would have been like, oh, I don't know. Like, right. It just feels very, I don't know, it, it feels very rewarding. Yeah, I would say it feels like rewarding and supportive. Yeah. And, the, and I also really like that there are such a wide array of instructors that you can... Mm, kind of shop around depending on like what your location is and find a person or two that you really groove with yeah um and yeah i for for me and i think for you that's that's jacqueline Mm -hmm. she's um really incredible and she really pushes people very hard yeah but it really comes from this really positive place uh and i think that that's the thing that i that i like the most about it like when I was a kid, my mom put me with a personal trainer because I was feeling self-conscious about my, you know, teenage body. And 
Um, and like that was fine, but like there were there are definitely like, and I think you've had this experience too, where it's like, you know, like okay, come on, like stop, like stop complaining, you know, push it harder, harder, don't give up, you're not giving up, like yeah. don't do this, and it's almost kind of like militant yeah. in a way. Um, and do not respond well to that. Right. And that's, that's something where I'm already kind of like, I'm already feeling defeated and you're making me feel defeated for feeling defeated. Yeah. And that feels bad and does not make me want to be here. And I think some people respond really well to that. Exactly. Like call to challenge. And I respond well to a call to a challenge. That's like, you know, go farther than you think you can. Yeah. Like, and no matter what you're doing, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. The fact that you're here is good enough. Right. Like I had a friend who came to try it out and they really had a tough time and they just sat on their bike and pedaled yeah, the whole time. Like not even, I don't think really, I think not even really trying to stay with the beat. And and, and then they, re- they recognized that spin classes or that kind of environment wasn't for them, but they still showed up and they still got there and they got no looks or scorn or like, hey, you're not doing it well enough or this right. is what you should be doing. Um, it's just like, yeah, show up, get on your bike and do your best. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that I, that I love soul cycle a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, it feels really good. It's something that again, I think it's this, I look back on my life two, three years ago. And if you had told me then that I would be doing this now, I would have guffawed. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like I, you've got the wrong person. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those things where I think it's still early enough in my like, quote unquote, fitness career where it still feels amazing that I do this at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks for asking me about Soul Cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and something you brought up very briefly as you were as we were kind of talking about that actually inspires a question for me. Uh oh. Um, you talked about how, like, you're the kind of person who traditionally you are kind of more of a homebody and you like video games. Uh-huh. Um, and there was a game that came out relatively recently oh. that you really seemed to like. Yeah. And so I would love to hear, um, how much do you love God of War? Oh, okay. So this is like topical. <laughs> um, I love God of War. I don't think there's any there's I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that it's one of the best games that I've ever played and I've been playing games since before I was 2 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I remember like my I would I used to play like Super Mario Brothers on the NES uh when I was before I was 2 just standing in front of the TV in the middle of the room um and I don't know if I knew what I was doing at that point, but my mom always like saw it as like a point of pride that like like video games were like a central part of my life uh, uh, from a very very early age. And so I've I feel like I've experienced a wide array of different games out there, and Definitely. God of War is way up there and one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had. Uh, and for context, for anybody listening to this, uh, this is the God of War that was released in 2018 uh, for the PlayStation 4. It's, it is such a, a magnificent, incredible piece of art. It's a game that is heavily narrative-driven, and that is not something that I typically get behind. I am not 
somebody who is very interested in video game stories because yeah. I feel like video games as a storytelling medium fall far short of other mediums like film or books or television sure. that are dedicated to telling stories. I think a game first and foremost should be something that you play. Yeah, which is interesting because I like in my mind, I feel like you need a story in order to play a game. I do not. Mm-hmm. And I, it doesn't even matter. Like I could basically like if it was just like shoot the bad guys and they just put you in a level and that was the goal to shoot the bad guys. Sure. I don't need to know why I need to shoot the bad guys. I just need to shoot the bad guys. Like and, as long as the gameplay is compelling, like if that's if the, the gameplay loops that they've created, if the if it's well produced, it's not super you know, kind of janky or, you know, I, I like a something that's highly polished. Yeah. I don't care the reason that I'm there. And this is something I've, be, I've gotten more and more comfortable with in my old age where old. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't have the time <laughs> to sit through cutscenes that I'm not going to really absorb or pay attention to anyway. Mm-hmm. And so by and large, every game that I play is pretty much just kind of like, okay, get me to the next part of me playing the, the game. Yeah, I, I do find... The traditional narrative arc of video games really interesting where it's like there are these cutscenes that have a lot of dialogue and a lot of information and all of a sudden it's cinematic and like you have no interaction with it. Like it takes you out of that. Yeah. I do find that a little jarring, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, I don't like it at all. And yeah. it's, it's one of those one of those frustrating things for me where on the one hand, like I feel I feel weird. I feel guilty skipping cutscenes. Sure, because it's clear a lot of time and talent has been put into it. Yeah, but also there's a part of me that almost feels like I might be missing out on something, even though I don't usually. Like it's you're missing out on some kind of clue or... Something. I don't know. I don't even know what it is I'd be missing out on. Right. But there's just something there where I'm like, why, you know, why... I should still watch this even though I'm not getting anything from it. Mm -hmm. So... When God of War was coming out and they were talking about how narrative driven it would be, I was a little worried, like on the one hand of like, am I actually going to get a lot out of this? Uh, But I saw some gameplay videos. I'm like, that looks really good. Like there's the mechanics that they built into it, just the the high level of polish, the, the and like I'm all about like games that are pretty challenging and are sort of like. Hack and Slash. Uh, yeah, Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah Dark, Dark Souls. Souls. Mm-hmm. Those types of games are right up my alley. So this looked like it could be in a similar vein. and It was so, compared to that a lot, wasn't it? I think with the, the level of difficulty, I think the, the combat probably isn't quite as polished. But I think um, I remember it being marketed that way. Yeah. I, either way, like it, it, it definitely has a, a similar vibe. Yeah. Where... It's going to be challenging. Um, you'll have to use a wide array of abilities, and you'll get better and better, um, and and understand like how certain enemies fight. But it's and so that's the type of thing that I love, where it's like it, like games that almost become like rhythm games that you just they're super tough. And as you learn how your character behaves and how enemy characters behave, you start to learn those patterns, and it feels very fair at that point, where it's like you're not just getting more powerful, like your characters not just getting more powerful, you are becoming more adept at sure. the, the mechanics of the game. And that feels really good. You're um, becoming more and more well-attuned to how to utilize your character's abilities. Yes. Yeah. And so I was at the very least looking forward to the gameplay loops that they put in there. Mm-hmm. But they do something really cool in God of War where there is 
you, you have your character that the game is focused on. His name is Kratos, and he has a son. And Kratos and his son, the entire game, are, for the most part, basically together on this journey. But the thing that the, that the game does is the camera never leaves Kratos. Right. It's all, it's all one extended take or one extended shot. There's no separate cutscenes. There's mm-hmm. no, there's a couple little like fades that kind of like, but they're still like in a service of like loading other areas, but they, they do it in a way that makes it feel consistent. But it's almost though the camera's always following you. Right. And there's no even loading screens, right? Pretty much no. There, so they, they do trick it a couple times, but they do it in a way where you're still in the game. Um, mm-hmm. You're not like... Looking at a black screen totally. with text on it or whatever. Exactly. Like you're basically the whole time the camera is on you. And when it does move to a cutscene, the camera shifts from being behind your character into moving into the, like within the scene seamlessly. And then by the time it's mm-hmm. ready to move you back into playing game, uh, the, the game it like shifts back into place. And so it's right. just this one very fluid motion. And I found that to be so, so uh, immersive mm-hmm. where I was like with those characters the entire time. Yeah. And something about that, I think, created a new level of investment with me and the story that I had never really experienced before in a video game. And I was mm-hmm. trying to think of games all throughout this, as I, was, as, I was, as I was becoming more invested in this story, I was trying to think, has there really ever been any other game that I've played where I care this much right. about a character or characters and what happens? And by the end of it, there were moments as the game was wrapping up that became extremely emotional. And, like, and, and so for the first time in my life, I'm playing a video game where I'm tearing up at the thought of things that are happening. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is really special. Yeah. Like, this is a very incredible, special experience that I've never had before. And it, it showed me that it is possible for a game to be meaningful uh, from a story perspective. Right. And execute well, technically. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I've, I've definitely played games where. Uh, the stories are interesting, or but it feels more like the the game is kind of the secondary bit. Sure. So it's kind of like it. It feels like it's kind of on rails. Uh, so you're you're. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. But either way, no, I hear you. Either way, like I, it's a, like sometimes it feels like games are making a choice. It's either the story or it's the mechanics. Right. Exactly. And and I think some people like really get into sort of the. Uh, the sort of like low stakes gameplay mm-hmm. to absorb a, a story that they find compelling. Right. And I think that was something that I experienced in college playing through Heavy Rain with a group of my friends. I think Heavy Rain's probably a great example of this where there's mm-hmm. very minimal game. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, get ready to press triangle now. Yeah. You know. But other than that, like there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot going on. But it's um, like the story is the thing that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so God of War balances this perfectly. Uh, and everything came together so well. It was something that like I, I couldn't put the controller down. I wanted to play it all the time. And I've had that with games before, but I've never been so eager to see what happens next. And I think the uh, so I, I, I think when it comes down to it, like the the craft that was put into telling the story, but really the focus on the characters yeah. and their development 
is what I was most interested in. Because a lot of video games kind of get like way up their own ass and it's just kind of like, oh, like, you know, we're going to tell this epic wide, you know, sweeping story that like tries to cover way too much than, you know, what it's really capable of when this was just kind of like, the camera is going to stay on you too the entire time. So it doesn't have to become some epic movie. It's just going to say, like, show you what happens in the lives of these two people. Right. The relationship between a father and his son. And watching how that evolves. It, it was just, a, it was an incredible experience. And so, as much as I love video games, I, it almost makes me feel sad, like, knowing that there won't be very many games that are quite like this. It took, right. you know, 32 years, you know, uh, uh, for me to find this. Sure. And so it feels like a, a once in a lifetime sort of experience. And I'm, I don't know, it just, it was so cool. It, it was such a, a beautiful game from top to bottom, every single aspect and a couple little technical quibbles here and there. But it's like, it's one of those things that you just don't even think about. You completely forgive them. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like a really, truly beautiful piece of interactive theater. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it was really special for you. It was. And it, it I, yeah, I think it's something that it meant quite a bit and quite a bit more than I ever expected. Right. To be. Like it's the a other God of, The other guy to, God of War games were like, oh, there are some epic set pieces and there are fun games and you could beat the shit out of, you know, demons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I never expected any sort of emotional weight or, um, or any sort of like significant importance to come from it. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, I would honestly recommend it to anybody uh, who, like, if you love video games, if you're, like, more into the storytelling aspect of video games, mm-hmm. um, it's something really special. It's one of those where I think it, it shows how important and, and incredible games can be. Right. What a powerful medium they are. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Is a, that's a good question. Thanks. Yeah. That's... uh. That's, and I feel like that can keep this show going for a while. There totally. are a lot of games out there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to hear, you know, eventually um, at another time, kind of hear what video games as a genre, as a passion of yours, like what it means to you and why. Yeah. Um, but I, I got, this was probably like the first new game that you got that like I got to kind of witness throughout like at the beginning middle and end yeah um and it really seemed to captivate you yeah. and engage you in a way that i don't think i had seen from you before yeah um and so i recognized that it was something kind of different yeah games for me are typically just kind of like let's just take my mind off of something let me mm-hmm. escape and just like play the thing and not really worry about the like it doesn't need to be deep Mm-hmm. It just needs to be fun. Yeah, engaging. Um, yeah. But this, like, I think moved you. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah. So much so that I, like, I want to play through and experience that story again. Mm. I would love to actually see the whole thing from top to bottom. Okay. I don't know if I can play it. I don't know if I'm skilled enough, but. They have a really easy setting, so you can give that a go. <laughs> I'm not trying to be I patronizing. Will, no, no, I, I know, you- I know. <laughs> it's, it's hey, one they've of those got one that maybe you could be okay at. Yeah. No, it's all good. I understand I, what I'll you're I'll let saying. you hold the player two controller and I'll play and you can pretend that you're playing. Perfect. Like you do with children. Oh, man. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think there's as much to unpack there. We don't need to go there. 
episode two. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, you should give it a shot. I will. I will. I mean, I got from the little that I got to see, it was a gorgeous game. Oh, yeah. It's stunning. Just a beautiful it's game. Like, it's like all the the video game sort of things that you, like necessities that I that I want, like something that like looks really beautiful for the medium that it that, that, that it's in. The gameplay's fun. Like it, just the core technical aspects mm-hmm. are so unreal. And the fact that they were able to put so much more into it, like right. it just, bleh, how did they do this? Definitely. It's so good. And I think one <laughs> of the things that like I loved seeing, and granted this is like little tiny snippets, of what this entire process must have felt like for the creative team, but the the creator of the game, yeah, um, when he launched it mm-hmm. and like reviews started coming out, and oh my he god, read them video. live, <sighs> and he just started crying oh because he god. was so incredibly touched and mm-hmm. grateful for how it was being received so positively. Yeah, because they poured their lives into something for years, right, right, and to have like have it be this momentous thing that that people recognize does not come very often. Right. Absolutely. I just think it's, yeah, I think it's, you say it's once in a lifetime and I, I want to hope that it paves the way. Oh, I hope so too. You know, that this is something that we'll see again and maybe not for a little while, but that it's something that's, it's clearly it's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been so positively received that like, I think it has to be, worth it yeah right i would hope so i would hope so i don't i i I cannot imagine the amount of work that went into creating this thing but like but it shows yeah it shows yeah it's it's it definitely feels like a product of a team that truly loved what they were doing yeah definitely even though i'm sure there are times where like fuck this game (laughs) right absolutely i'm sure with anything that you're passionate about with anything that you pour yourself into you you do have those moments of what the fuck am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Is this even worth it? You know? And I think in those moments when you say, okay, let's support each other and work through it. And you get to that finish line. You do recognize that the love that you have for this thing, the love that fuels this creative process or this exertion is worth it. Yeah. You know? Just wanted to tie it back to Soul Cycle. I was going to you know? say you did a really nice job of bringing this back around. You put in a lot of <laughs> work. It's a, it's really tough, but the end product is worth it. Absolutely, and I think <laughs> you can say that for the creators of the game, and I think you can say it for the game itself. Yeah, because you said that it's difficult. Oh yeah, at times frustratingly so. Right, absolutely, and I've had other friends who have played it or attempted to play it, and they go like, "Oh man, like this is just a really hard game." Yeah, but. I think the difference between something like Bloodborne and this is that maybe the the mechanics and like the difficulty of the combat is not as intense as Bloodborne, but you get to the end of the game and you start to get emotional. Like that to me is a is a far more complex achievement. Hmm. I would agree. Yeah, and that like you you push through it and you are rewarded by the story that you've helped propel. Yeah. Mhm. I love that. Yeah. Nice job tying this back together. Thank you. That's good. It just kind of happened. Yeah. So. Nice. So if we were to wrap things up, Mm -hmm. what do you think is the moral of this episode? I would say that the moral of this podcast episode is if you love something, 
push through it, even when it's difficult. And if you push through it with love and support, you will find a worthwhile reward on the other side. I think that's great. Yeah. I yeah. felt like it was pretty sappy, but I, <laughs> I think it's pretty accurate. We have an hour each episode to be as sappy as we want. We have permission to do that, and that's okay. We've given ourselves permission. Yeah. Okay. Permission to sap. Permission to sap. Granted. Dink. <laughs> Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song, Same As You Wanted, is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love. Check out his EP 701 at your preferred music streaming site. Nope, that's not what I want to say at all. Haha, let me start over. <laughs>